what are the components of being overwhelmed? You may be taking on too much. There may be too much information coming in. Or there may be some big thing all at once that just hits you and overwhelms you at one moment. And all of those things are kind of life being thrown at you. When those things are, are thrown at you, when you're feeling those, those, those big things coming at you, and you already are putting yourself in the environment where you are you know, taking on too much, well, then that's only going to be overwhelming. So the first key part of that is to separate out the things that you can control and the things you can't. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Hey, everyone, welcome to Flow Over Fear. And today we are continuing the conversation that we have been having about our limiting beliefs and how we can rise above them to realize our true potential. Now, limiting beliefs are, are really manifestations of our fears. I mean, fear is that root feeling that we're experiencing that feels like an obstacle to us reaching that next level or reaching the true potential that we feel or bridging the gap between where we're at now and where we want to be in our lives. And I talked about a couple of weeks ago that, that, that there are really three root causes to those innermost fears that we have that prevent us from becoming our absolute best. And the three root fears that we experience are uncertainty, overwhelm, and self-doubt. Last week, we touched on uncertainty, and we talked about ways in which you can rise above or overcome uncertainty in your life to find conviction. And in that conviction, we actually find the way that we get over that uncertainty is to find certainty in the now with conviction, with finding our core values. And today I want to touch on the overwhelm side of it. Now, overwhelm is something you could probably resonate with, with, with because every single one of us has, has dealt with overwhelm sometime in our life. You know, we've been overwhelmed by too much work. We've been overwhelmed by too much stimulus coming in. We felt overwhelmed with sickness or whatever it may be, but overwhelm is an important component in, in our lives. And when we get overwhelmed to the point that it is, it is uh, affecting us and that, that we can no longer take no more. We burn out, right? Have you ever been burned out? Have you ever felt like you just haven't, you have nothing left to give and you're just done, you burn out and then, you know, your body kind of takes over. You feel sick, you feel achy and you just feel like there's nothing left to give. That's overwhelm. And overwhelm is that, that physical, a lot of times, manifestation of, that innermost limiting beliefs, the feeling that, or, or the fears or the way that we act in terms of trying to approach the things that we have now. And a lot of times the way we act in response to the fears may overwhelm us. Um, you know, in my own life, uh, um, I've, I've experienced overwhelm a lot in my life. And this really, really dates back to when I was a child, when, you know, I said no to a lot of the things that that pushed me up against the edge of my comfort zone. 
Um, I said no to to playing football when I was in when I was younger, and um, and because I was afraid of being hit. I said no to stepping into the pitch so I could hit the ball when I played baseball because I was afraid of being hit by the ball. Um, I said no to talking to the girls that I liked because I was afraid of rejection. I said no to a lot of things out of fear. And because of that, my comfort zone, my, my capacity for comfort began to diminish because I wasn't expanding it. I wasn't growing that muscle. And so it crept down and down and down and down and down. So that by the time I was in college and I was already starting to use alcohol as a coping mechanism for a lot of that fear, um, you know, I was already, I already had a comfort zone that was very small. I was already living in a pretty small world where I was not willing to step too far outside of my comfort zone. And yet I set myself up in such a way to be overwhelmed in my life. Um, and that happened in college when I would, I, I would start a quarter and this, this may happen to a lot of people, especially people who are, who, who want to achieve a lot of things, uh, I found myself signing up for a lot of classes because I wanted to be done with college sooner, or I wanted to be done with the coursework, or I wanted to get through it and and get on to whatever was next. And so I would sign up for like 20 units in a quarter and and just think, yeah, I'll, I'll manage it somehow. And of course, every single quarter I would be getting C's and D's and maybe sometimes even failing out because I didn't have the necessary focus on, on those subjects to actually succeed. And it got to the point where I was, I, I was studying for an organic chemistry exam, one of the five classes that I had in that quarter in college. And by the way, organic chemistry, I mean, if it doesn't sound intimidating, it, it, it should sound intimidating. It, is, it, is one of, it, it was one of the most difficult classes I took and, uh, and it showed. But I was also taking that amidst like four or five other classes that were equally hard. And so I was studying for this organic chemistry exam and I just became overwhelmed while I was studying with this immense panic attack. I collapsed to the floor in panic because I was certain that I had this horrible, deadly disease. I di of course I didn't. There was no reason for me to assume that, but my brain just attached to it, to that idea with so much certainty that I collapsed to the floor in terror, paralyzed with fear, sobbing uncontrollably for like the next hour. And that fear, even though it wasn't, even though the, the, the fear was anchoring itself in something that was totally irrational, some horrible deadly disease that I didn't have, what that really meant, that panic really meant, was it was telling me that I was burned out and I was unhealthy and I was pushing myself too hard on something and I, I didn't have the capacity to do what I was doing. I was severely overwhelmed and I was coping in unhealthy ways using alcohol and cigarettes and unhealthy food and no exercise and all of that stuff. And, uh, and so, yeah, I burned out. I, I, I had a panic attack and those panic attacks persisted with me for the next few years. That's all to say that, you know, that, that, that overwhelm could come from time to time when we put ourselves in situations and when we, when we, when we create an environment for ourselves that we are just taking on too much stimulus, that there's too much stimulus coming in or there's too much burden on our shoulders 
or we're just taking on too much because we think, yeah, yeah. At the beginning, we think, yeah, yeah, I got this. But really, we don't necessarily have it. And it's okay to not have it all the time. It's okay to to not be able to handle it. As long as you can have the tools to overcome that overwhelm. Now, community is a big part of overcoming overwhelm because you can lean into a community, whether it be a therapist or a, a, and a therapist is a good start too. If you're feeling that on a, on an ongoing basis, someone you can talk to, someone who could, you could share your feelings or your, or, or your problems or your challenges with, who can listen in, listen in a trusted space. That's a good start. But you can also have a trusted group of friends or a mastermind or coworkers or people that you can lean on, especially maybe to take some of those burdens off of you if you're feeling it. Asking for help is another way to do that. But today, and, and, and so unloading some of that, some of the things that you have in the moments where you're feeling overwhelmed are ways to combat the overwhelm that you're feeling in the moment. Because once you're feeling overwhelmed, there's no doubt about it. You already have too much stimulus coming in. You already have too much on your shoulders. You have to unload some of that. So you have to give up some of whatever's there or attack it slowly or whatever you need to do to get that off of your, get whatever's overwhelming off of your plate. And you have to get the rest that you need in order to fight that overwhelm. So rest is always, always, always best. So those are some things. But I want to talk first about how, you know, how we can combat that overwhelm before it even hits us. And over time, actually expand our capacity to to build that comfort zone that we have so that we can, so that as we're growing out, as we're achieving things, we can expand our capacity to take on whatever we need to take on. Now, it's important that that this capacity that, that that we're building is built in such a way that we're not constantly putting our putting ourselves at the red line. That, you know, that's you listen to the David Gogginses of the world or, you know, the the people that are that are telling us to give everything we've got all the time, 110% every single moment of every day. That's a recipe for burnout. That's a recipe for overwhelm. And that's not going to do anybody any good. That's what angers me about the messages that are being put out there right now. Is they're encouraging you to put yourself in an unhealthy situation where you overwhelm yourself, where you push yourself beyond your limits too often, too far, too hard, and you burn out. And the worst part about it is that when you fail, because you're pushing too hard, too too far past your comfort zone, The worst part about that is, is you're led to believe that it's your fault for not being disciplined enough or not having the willpower enough to keep going. But it's not your fault. That's not your fault. The problem is in the other messages we hear and we need to take it back. We need to talk a little bit more. We need to change the conversation so that we talk about how we can actually get to the points of building our capacity. And not just redlining it all the time. You don't have to redline your life to build your capacity. And I want to talk to you about how we can do that. And the answer. So if the, if the pain that comes with overwhelm is burnout, um, if the pain that we're feeling is that, that slow growth, the delay, uh, or we're, or, um, you know, is that burnout, uh, then the, the solution to that is that we find discipline. Uh, discipline is 
one of the ways in which we can find uh, success beyond that burnout or that overwhelm. Um, and I want to talk to you about how that how that is, because a lot of times when you're overwhelmed, I mean, the the, the truth of the reality is what are, what are the components of being overwhelmed? You may be taking on too much. There may be too much information coming in, or there may be some big thing all at once that just hits you and overwhelms you at one moment. And all of those things are kind of life being thrown at you. Uh, it, but when those things are, are thrown at you, when you're feeling those, those, those big things coming at you and you already are putting yourself in the environment where you are, you know, taking on too much, well, then that's only going to be overwhelming. So the key, the first key part of that is to separate out the things that you can control and the things you can't. So the things you can control, like take back, take to take my college experience, for example, the things you can, can, I could control in that moment were the number of courses that I signed up for. Um, I could have signed up for fewer courses, given myself some capacity, but I didn't. I, I signed up for 20 units or whatever it was, and I, and I maximized, redlined my capacity. Now, did that make any room for the things that I couldn't control? The things that might hit me from the outside, the things like, well, I have a busy day at work or I might be feeling sick, or I my family calls and there's an emergency, something like that. No, I didn't have the capacity. It was already at the red line. So the only next step was burning out. But if we can control the things that we can control to a greater degree, that sets us up to build that capacity to manage the things that might be outside of our control. Discipline is a way we do that. And so let's talk about discipline. So discipline is really focus, like right? We we know that discipline, we have to be focused on something uh, to be disciplined. We also inherently know that discipline requires consistency, that we be consistent with pursuing it, uh, right? So so we, th- we inherently know those two pieces about discipline, focus and consistency. Well, the thing about focus and consistency is, is that, that that's not just the definition for discipline, that's also the definition for willpower. But willpower is something that that dies when our force of will dies, right? Like we lose our willpower when our force of will dies. Uh, so what's the difference between discipline and willpower? Well, when you look at willpower, willpower is that idea that we're focused on something. We're doing it consistently. But ultimately, over time, we run out of juice. We run out. So that implies that with willpower, we're also there's also a third element. There's an element that we're pushing as hard as we can through the, for as long as we can. That's willpower. Willpower is, is focus plus consistency plus pushing as hard as you can. Now, what happens in that is when you can't no long, when you can no longer push as hard as you can, you, 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 uh, you fail, you fall short, you burn out. With discipline, however, let's look at that third element. We have focus. We have. We have focus plus consistency, plus there's another element there with discipline that we often neglect. And that piece of discipline that we neglect is that we have to slow down. We slow down. Um, so when we slow down, we actually give ourselves the capacity to stay consistent for an infinite amount of time. So discipline is infinite, infinite, while willpower fades over time or 
falls off a cliff or we burn out. And that's why discipline is one of the one of the key antidotes or one of the key preventative measures for uh, uh, for overwhelm, for preventing overwhelm. Discipline is a preventative measure for for overwhelm. That's what I want to talk about. So you do you practice discipline with something before you get overwhelmed. We talked earlier about how you can how you can the antidotes to overwhelm. You you need to rest. You need to step back. You need to unload those things, but. In the process of preventing overwhelm from happening, discipline is one of those things. So let's break let's break that down a bit. Let's talk about focus, um, because one of the well, let's first take a step back and actually talk about the antithesis of discipline. Because you may be wondering, well, how does how does overwhelm? How does dis- what does discipline have to do with overwhelm? That doesn't really make sense. Well, when you think about the opposite of discipline. Well, if you think about the opposite of focus, consistency, and slowing down, think about the times when you feel overwhelmed. You may be distracted, right? That's the opposite of focus. You may feel like things are inconsistent, like you can't consistently get to things, like like things are slipping through the cracks or you're, you're, you're falling behind or you can't keep up, so you're inconsistent, and that's the opposite of consistency. And then you also, when you're feeling like you're overwhelmed, you feel like you have to rush through things. You feel like you're rushed. You feel like you have to push as hard as you can. And rushed is the opposite of slowing down. So that's why I believe that discipline is one of the greatest preventative measures to overwhelm. If you can be disciplined with the right things, and that's a key component too, you have to be uh, uh, disciplined with the right things in order to in order to pursue that. So, are you disciplined uh, with the right things to uh, to prevent that overwhelm? And that's all that's all associated with. Are you disciplined with the things that we talked about in uncertainty? The things that you're convicted about that make you certain. So, see how the two go hand in hand. You you find that conviction in the face of uncertainty, and then you pursue it with discipline. So let's first talk about focus. Focus is all about choosing wisely. Now, you want to you choosing wisely is more is is less about what you say yes to. It's more about what you say no to. And this is especially true to people who are achievers, leaders, uh, people who have enormous amounts of responsibility. If you're leading an organization, or if you're if you're uh, trying to be an entrepreneur or pursue something, it is very easy to get a diluted focus because you have a lot of stimulus coming in. You have a lot of emails, you have a lot of things coming at you. This is not and this is one of those this is one of those interesting things that happens in life because early in life where you're built when you're building your career a lot of times when you're first starting out, you may be pushing yourself to and applying yourself to uh, uh to add that value that you need to get noticed or to move ahead or to get that. So you're actually putting more effort on yourself. But there's a switch that flips once you get a lot of that responsibility or you get the position or you get the uh, you get the role where that switch is flipped and things just start coming on you and things start getting on you. So the idea of saying yes to things, you actually need to switch the narrative and start saying no to more things. The, fo- the idea of focus and choosing wisely is less about the things you say yes to and more about the things you say no to. You need to rigorously say no to the things that are not serving the big goal, the thing that you're convicted about. Because 
saying no to those things is going to focus your energy on the right things, the things that will. Um, Derek Sievers, who who uh, started CD Baby and has 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 this rule that he says that if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And I think that's a valuable rule. And it's one that I fail at many, many times. I'm terrible at saying no. And so I get I naturally get overwhelmed a lot <laughs> because I don't say no to a lot of things. But the art of saying no to the things that aren't serving the greater good are the things that are going to help you to prevent overwhelm. It's going to help you to stay focused. And that helps you on that first element of discipline. Say no to the right things. Learn to say no, rigorously say no to not to what's not serving your big convicted goal. Um, and the second part is consistency. And I think intuitively, we all know that discipline requires consistency. But we also fall short on this consistency piece a lot of times. Think about when you try to start a fitness program or, 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 or a new business program or whatever it may be, or you start a business. What is the first thing that happens when you get excited about that? Well, if you're like me, you try to do it all at once at the very beginning, right? <laughs> you try to you try to tackle everything. It's like the it's like how I was when I got into when I got into college and I wanted to take twenty units this quarter and and achieve everything. The problem was I was setting myself up for failure. When we take on too much at the very beginning, uh, we make it impossible for ourselves to stay consistent because we're putting ourselves into the world of willpower. But we need to stay into the in the domain of discipline. So the uh, uh, the idea with consistency is to plan well and start well. Starting well requires that you start off at a lower capacity than you think. You have to create an effective plan plan that leaves capacity for your growth. You have to leave capacity on the table. That may sound counterintuitive because well, what, what about what that that added capacity that I have? may go away. So why would I leave that that uh, that uh, uh, capacity there? Well, because the truth is, is that we push our capacity outward when we push out far away from our comfort zone, so far away from the edge of our red line. So you want to start, you, you build the capacity by leaving capacity on the table. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's absolutely true. If you want to build capacity in your life, you have to leave capacity first. That means starting out smaller than you think you need to. What I should have done in college was maybe take 12 credits, three courses, and done really well with them, aced them. Because what would have happened there is I would have learned, the, I, would have I would have had the capacity to focus intently. I would have said no to the right things. I would have focused intently on the things that would have taught me the foundational principles that would have helped me in those future classes. Instead of rigorously failing my way through through 20 units and, and falling short, I could have learned the foundations, had more capacity to take a higher number of units later when I had those foundational principles in place. But I did it backwards. And a lot of us do it backwards. A lot of us take it on like when we, when we first start a fitness routine or a business plan, we, uh, uh, we decide that we're going to make... We're going to make 20 hours worth of calls today and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do 20 hours of work today and we're going to keep doing 20 hours of work until we get the momentum. But the problem is, is that, that, that we start to burn out over time because we, we can't stay consistent with that. 
So find that sustainable level at which you can be consistent. When you plan well and you create the level uh, where and you create the plan where you're leaving capacity on the table at the beginning, you're actually creating your you're creating capacity for yourself in the long term. The final piece is the counterintuitive piece. This is the piece that that people often neglect about discipline, but it's probably the most important part. In order to stay consistent, we need to slow down. We need to slow down. We can't go full force and full speed ahead on on everything. And this goes counter to what we learn from the, the vast majority of people delivering these messages in our mainstream today that are saying, give everything you've got, give 110%. This is where my 80% rule um, comes, comes, into, uh, comes into play, which is start by giving 80% consistently. Because at 80%, you can give 80% consistently. Then your capacity grows as you give that 80%. If you slow down, you, you, you build that 80%. And over time, your 80% is going to become everyone else's 110%. Think about it in the terms of martial arts. I've been practicing karate for a while now and, and um, for about two years now. And you know, one of the things is, as, as we started out, most of the forms that we learn, we do very slowly. Without much, without much effort, without, without putting a lot of effort into those moves, like we'll kick very slowly and we'll do it repetitively over time. We'll keep, keep kicking so that over time, actually our kicks gain more power and we actually have uh, the ability to, to use those forms as muscle memory in other forms um, and, and everything becomes uh, better. And, and over time, when you look at a black belt, like doing a form, it's incredibly beautiful. It's incredibly powerful and graceful. And there's so much speed there. But that all started with a single kick as a white belt, like a single slow moving kick. And once that muscle memory was built, the capacity was added, the capacity was created, the capacity was created. So that a black belt giving their 80% is basically, you know, the equivalent of, you know, somebody else giving, uh, you know, way, way over hundred percent. It's, it's, it's just amazing how your capacity can grow over time. Um, and if you think about it that way, if you can grow your capacity outward, you're slowly pushing your comfort zone outward so that you're expanding your world. The world that I was creating that was really small because I was I was running from fear and I was pushing it away and I, I created this small world so that becoming overwhelmed wasn't hard for me. It happened quite often because I was always being kind of way, way pushed outside my comfort zone. But now having expanded that gradually by being disciplined in this way, building that capacity, I've expanded to a point where, where I can take on much more. I can achieve much more. And the people that might be saying that I'm, you know, that that it's impossible to learn things in a short amount of time. Well, I'm I'm able to learn things faster. Where you're able to learn things faster and apply skills faster because you have a strong foundation of those skills and a big capacity to lean into. That all comes with starting out by being disciplined on the small things. Discipline is that preventative measure that can prevent overwhelm over the long term. If you practice that, if you start with focusing, which is choosing wisely, 
And if you could practice it with consistency, which means leaving capacity on the table when you start and as you go, and that you slow down, you can, you can find that that discipline creates the capacity for you to take on more, to achieve more, and to, and to overcome the overwhelm that you might feel. Uh, so that is the way that we prevent it. And of course, there's other things, and, and I didn't mention the obvious things that we can fight with overwhelm because there's a lot of there's a lot of elements that we need to look into with overwhelm. I mean, there's there's overwhelm that hits us in a big chunk all, all at once. We could have a huge medical issue that that is just overwhelming. And I'm not minimizing those things because those things we have to address with a trusted therapist or resource or what have you. We also have to rest our bodies. Rest is so important. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, preventative measure to preventing overwhelm with the things that we can control, discipline is the way we do that. If you focus on discipline, you'll build your capacity and you'll create more opportunity to learn, to accelerate learning, accelerate mastery, and, and really achieve the things that you want to achieve. And so next, so that, Talking about the overwhelm this week, talking about uncertainty last week. Next week, we're going to get into self-doubt, and that's a big one. But if we can go overcome that limiting belief as well and that uh, psychological barrier, if you can unlock the freedom beyond that, man, the world is your oyster. So go out there, practice discipline. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do, and I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.